Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. That's, he, he's quoting Leviticus 19.18. It was literally in God's law. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is what Leviticus says. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Maybe, kind of, some of them, almost all of them? All of them except one? How about, do you have a grudge against anybody? Today, Pastor Robert drills down into the true meaning of the Bible when it tells us what it means to be loving and what it means to be unloving. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast, subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Romans chapter 13 as he continues his message, Our Wake Up Call. We understand that, okay, my love for key lime pie is not the same as my love for my wife. It's not the same as my love for God. It's not the same as my love for a good book. We understand the implied nuances, but here's the problem. In our world today, our dark, deceived, blinded world has completely redefined love, like a number of things. What the world around us calls love is actually a watered-down version. It's an anemic, kind of self-absorbed emotion, really, a perversion of what we find described in Scripture. It's a counterfeit, and this counterfeit is now prevalent in our world. When we talk about love, most of the people around us, what they hear is they think we're talking about this weak-willed, all-inclusive preoccupation with pleasure or individual rights, but that's not what love is. What we'll see, I think, as we look at this, love doesn't focus on personal pleasure. It's not like it views personal pleasure as always bad, but it doesn't make it a primary focus. Love doesn't make its primary focus its own rights, or as the Bible words it in another place, it doesn't seek its own. It's not focused on my rights. Instead, it's more focused on the other person's rights, the other person's comfort or, or pleasure or what is love? What would God say if, if you could just sit down face to face with Jesus and it's like, will you just tell me what is love? 
And no, I'm not going to read 1 Corinthians 13. You can read that when you get home. But what exactly is this powerful attribute that according to God is the ultimate objective? The, my whole law, he says, is summed up in that one thing. Love your neighbors yourself. How is it capable of governing the human race perfectly? And he begins here in this passage by giving to us some attitudes and attributes and whatever that, that actually stand in contrast. He said, let me show you what it's not. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what it's not. These characteristics of lovelessness. All right? Verse 9, Romans chapter 13. He says, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. Okay, so adultery... He says, that's lovelessness. That's, it's, that's, not, that's not loving. That's not love. Murder, okay, clearly. When you kill somebody, that's not a loving act toward that other person, right? You shall not, if you're stealing from them, you're focused on yourself. You're taking away from them inappropriately. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. That's an interesting one because you can do it in secret, Right? But he still says, no, the, that's not love. Why, why? Well, because your focus is this way. It's kind of like when internally you're demanding respect from another individual, even if you haven't said anything to them. Do you hear that? Because that's going around in the church. That is going around in the church. The, the internal demand for love, respect, for this, for that, he's like... You're focused on yourself. He says all these things are summed up in this one saying, love your neighbors yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And by the way, that's, he, he's quoting Leviticus 19.18. It was literally in God's law, love your neighbors yourself. This is what Leviticus says. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now, listen, quick little footnote, because it's gotten really popular over the last 20 years to talk about, oh, but you first have to learn to love yourself. No, you don't. Nobody has to teach you how to do that, because what he's talking about in this passage, what he's talking about in the scriptures, we already do it. He says, what I'm talking about, the thing that I'm defining as love, it does no harm to a neighbor. And like the Bible says, you know, we feed ourselves, we clothe ourselves, we take care of ourselves. And you may not like the way you look. You may not think you're the most intelligent person in the world. There may be things about yourself that you'd like to improve or that you wish were different, but we all love ourselves. We all do. It's just the way from birth, we just do. And he says, you need, to, you need to love your neighbor and be concerned about how they're doing and what they need and what they want and what they think. And, but here's the other thing from this passage in Leviticus where he actually gave it to them. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. It's in the context of not holding a grudge. Do, do you hold a grudge? Is there somebody you're holding a grudge against? Is there another somebody who has done you wrong 
and you're still holding a grudge against him. I can't tell you how many times I've had Christians, you know, say to me, listen, I just, I just can't forgive that. I'm not, I'm just not ready to, you know, I had a lady standing right up here one time, you know, and, and I knew her love for Jesus was sincere, you know, this beautiful Christian lady. And, and we're talking, she's sharing something with me about this crazy neighbor. And, and I guess she could see the look on my face and she anticipated what I was about to say. And she did this. She literally, you know, it's like, pastor, I don't want to hear it right now because I'm not ready to let this go. I am not ready. I know I'm. I know the Bible says I'm supposed to forgive him, but I'm just. I, I, I'm not. I just can't do it yet. So I'm like, okay. What am I supposed to do with that? You just told me you know what the Bible says, but see, here's the problem. What she wasn't understanding, and what many times we don't understand, is that it's in our own best interest. Do you understand? The only person you're harming by holding a grudge is you. What was it? There's a famous little saying that I can't quote it to you perfectly, but holding a grudge against somebody is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You're ingesting this poison all the time, and you're thinking somehow that it's, you know, affecting them. It's not affecting them. It's killing you. It's not harming them. God says, don't do that. Just let it go. Let it go. Trust God to right all the wrongs in his perfect time and according to his perfect judgment. See, here's the problem. Many times we call ourselves Christians, but we're not actually trusting Christ. We're not actually trusting Christ. See, he promises that he'll take care of us, but you know, we hold on to our money. 80% of Christians don't consistently give to Christianity. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, statistically, it's actually a little higher than that. It's more like 88, 89% of regular church goers don't regularly give. They tip God, you know, a couple of bucks here, a couple of bucks there, $10 in the box, $10 in the offering plate. Occasionally, you know, it's something that but not, not like a consistent pattern of generosity toward God in the same way. Because And the only reason I'm bringing up the money is Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. is one of those books that you go to if you want the foundational pieces of Christianity. It provides you with the solid backbone of what to believe as a Christian. Today, you heard just one message from a whole series in the book of Romans. As you continue listening to these teachings, you'll notice God's intent and heart in bringing salvation to every lost soul. There are some verses in the final chapter that say, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It's remarkable when you think about it. Have you gained some great insights from today's teaching? If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, check out our podcasts page at mainthingradio.com. You can also find us on Instagram. Follow the link on our website. Again, that's mainthingradio.com. We'd love to hear from you too. If you have any questions about what you heard, or if you'd like prayer, 
give us a call at 305 531 2730. That's 305 531 2730. We're so glad you joined us today in the Book of Romans. Our time with you is about up, but we look forward to what God wants to teach each one of us next time. Connect with the Lord on your own and make sure to come back here for our next edition of Main Thing Radio.